We're starting. Hey, Miranda Caldwell. Hi, Heather Kelly. How are you? How are things? Things are good. I'm, um, this is a new experience. Yeah, 100%. And we're welcoming whoever's listening, if anyone listens at all, to the very first coffee, recorded Coffee MBA conversation, which is like super exciting and also completely uncharted territory. Yeah, I love how we're like, we're not calling it a podcast. We're not calling it anything. We're like, we're just going to record a conversation and right. see what happens because we don't want to write a whole lot of material and edit That's it. Right. That's, That's right. my excuse anyway. Totally. I hear you. Um, also, people are busy and sometimes it's easier to listen and multitask. Maybe people will be still working or washing dishes if they, if anyone listens to this at all. Rather than and I, and watching. I take no offense if people li- listen on double speed. None, no offense oh, taken. Valid. I love that. Yeah. Double speed rules. I am also like a big fan of like the 1.4 speed. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 1.2 is my jam, but I will take 1.5. <laughs> okay. Um, so what was so pressing that we decided we wanted to talk about? I'm going to make you set the, set it up a okay, little bit. Okay, great. So my new favorite um, internet influencer, Emma Chamberlain, uh, was just <laughs> featured in a spread article all about Chamberlain Coffee. Um, and it was based on a conversation that Emma had with other, I think they must be other YouTube creators. Um, I'm not <laughs> afraid to say that Emma Chamberlain is half my age. And so I'm a little bit out of touch with what's going on. So this was a fun opportunity to take a deep dive into her whole world, but also to respond to like what from what's a very different coffee company to us, right? Like you and I come from specialty coffee. Chamberlain Coffee came on the scene. They, to me, feel like they've been the internet's darling, not necessarily specialty coffee's darling. And I actually have a story about that. But um, so we wanted to respond to the Spread article and like say our two cents about it. I totally agree. And my favorite part about what you just said is that she's your new favorite influencer. You can tell we're elder millennials because we're like (laughs) new to this whole scenario. Because I've never had a favorite influencer before. (laughs) No, literally, there's never been a favorite. She's the only one I can name. When we were teenagers, there was no such thing as influencers, right? Anyway, um, so just for those folks who maybe don't know and might be listening to this, Emma Chamberlain um, started Chamberlain Coffee. And so that's why it even matters to us to talk about Emma Chamberlain in relation to coffee. Emma Chamberlain is a 23-year-old YouTube sensation. She was a vlogger and a lifestyle video creator with over 10 million YouTube followers. Um, She started doing a really new form of editing on YouTube, apparently, that was like new to vlogging. Um, And yes, I'm using a V, not blogging, but vlogging. That's a video blog for anyone who may have missed what that is. Um, But this girl is worth $20 million. Her net worth is $20 million, all from this. She now has a coffee um, brand at Chamberlain Coffee. She's a podcaster. Um, She has been awarded with huge awards. She was on the Times 100 list, next list. 
She was on the Times 25 most influential people on the internet list. She was on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. She's won multiple Streamy Awards, which was new to me also. How about you, Miranda? Yeah, of course. The Streamy Awards. <laughs> streamy? Okay, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. <laughs> That's a YouTube. Apparently, it's like the Emmys for YouTube. Um, and there's multiple yeah. categories. She's won them all. Um, she was the Teen Choice Award winner, the Kids Choice Award winner, the People's Choice Award winner. Um, Taylor Lawrence of The Atlantic wrote that Cham- Emma Chamberlain is the most talked about influencer in the world. So we're talking this, about her. So, and now we're talking about her. So this girl has like found a niche that humans apparently love. Well, and also, so, I mean, can we go back to the fact that she's 23? Like, I actually thought she was 22. Like, she is just so young. And she was started this, I think, when she was like 16. And so yeah. she has grown up on the internet and, and yeah. um, importantly, has always featured in her videos. She's always been drinking coffee, like drinking big oh, jars okay. of iced coffee. So it's yeah. something that she was always been connected to. Okay. Yeah. And the funny thing is she weighs like maybe 98 pounds. So like the big jars of coffee, <laughs> probably yeah. that's amazing. Um, yeah, I could have done the math wrong. I think she was born in 2001. So that makes her 23, right? Yeah. Where, when she, what was she born? 2001. Oh my God. I know. She's Isn't a tiny crazy. Baby. Yeah. I mean, but her partnerships range everywhere from like she's been in Vogue, Louis Vuitton. She's hosted all kinds of, you know, award shows, things like that. And it's all because she started this very transparent YouTube vlogging. So um, the Sprudge article in question was, uh, as you mentioned, Emma Chamberlain was was interviewed by Sam and Samir. Or is, are those their Colin names? And Colin and Samir. Colin and Samir the other influence like YouTube show influencers. And it was a three hour interview almost. And she talked about everything. <laughs> um, but then at some point they asked her about her coffee brand. And um, do you want to tell the, tell everyone what she said about her coffee brand? <laughs> yeah, basically like the highlights. And I think that this is what I actually am curious to hear if you've seen a reaction to this from specialty coffee, I've only seen a little bit, um, not a lot, but like what they really highlight in the spread article is that sometimes she regrets starting a coffee company because she describes it like being in a marriage, like it's hard work and you're tied (laughs) to this thing. And, um, and you know, I like too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and she talks about that. She talks about the things that she likes about the business, the things that she struggles with, um, and talks about how like this is truly a business and and how much she works on it and all of that, how she doesn't take, um, well, I guess I don't think it goes into this in the spread article, but she doesn't take a salary. She has invested in this company. um, And she's working really hard. She cries um, about it because it causes a lot of stress. Y'all business yeah. owners know about that. And um, yeah, that's the gist. Totally. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, the people I have heard talk about it do say that they sort of detected regret in her voice. And I more just detected that she realized it was 
this passion project is also work. And I think that's Mm -hmm. like a really common experience for people in coffee, which is like, I'm passionate about coffee and the experience of coffee, but there's some really hard parts about it too. And it becomes work really quickly and it becomes stressful work when things maybe aren't going the way you expected them to go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that that's what I detected on her voice. I think she, to me, it sounds like she's put a lot of money and time into it and it's not profitable yet. And so I think that's something else that a lot of folks that we speak to probably could relate to quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the difference is she had $14 million to play with to start this business. And uh, she's feeling this way. So it's one of those moments where it's like, you know, if you started your coffee business on a shoestring budget, it's mm-hmm. probably, you've been feeling this way for a long time, but you didn't have the same types of resources that Emma Chamberlain has had. And yeah. so it must be somewhat validating to feel that, to feel that even when you have gobs of cash, this is a hard industry to crack. Right. Yeah. And I would, I would also argue that having that investment brings more challenges, right? Like you are suddenly beholden to something. And I think that she talks about that, like, okay, so I went deep on Emma Chamberlain. I cannot remember now what came out of that interview or the article versus what I went deep on otherwise. Um, (laughs) I'm just like obsessed with her right now. It's so so fun. I even wore my little Levi's shirt in honor of Emma. Um, She has a line with Levi's. But um, so one thing I found really interesting is she talked about how like she, when she started this thing as a teenager and as she's grown, she has maintained total control over her videos and the vibe and the editing and everything. She gets to control everything. She gets Uh to um, say yes or no to brand deals. She, you know, she is in control. So how would that feel when you are 20 years old and you have a business that is a real business, CPG business out in the market that is completely different than anything you've ever imagined as a 20 year old who was able to buy her own house at 17 and you get $14 million and you're like, fuck yes, I get to go spend this money. Oh, wait, that means I no longer have control. Right. She is not the one in control of the business anymore. She has Mm -hmm. a ton of influence. It is based on her and she sounds like she's very involved in it. But that is the the other edge of that sword is like, yeah. yes, you have money to play with, but you don't necessarily get to decide what that yeah. money does and, and, and how much return you're going to get on that money. So suddenly totally. you're kind of, I don't want to say you're left to the wolves because investment isn't all a bad thing, but... You know, that's intense. I cannot imagine doing that as a 20-year-old. Yeah, and to your point, you've been familiar with, like, owning your entire destiny, and now you've got a C-suite and a full Mm -hmm. production team, and you don't own your destiny anymore. You Mm -hmm. can influence it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Chamberlain Coffee, just to backtrack a little bit, it was started in 2020, right during the pandemic. Um, I don't think they planned it for that way, but they did start mostly online, um, which seems like an apropos place to start when you started your whole career yeah. online. Also, doesn't that um, mean she was 19? That's bananas. Unbelievable. 
And really, it was all about because she liked, like you said, drinking coffee and carrying those giant jars of coffee around. So her product line at at Chamberlain Coffee, actually, I noticed it before even I knew who she was because I saw it in grocery stores. Mm -hmm. And it it is a really impressive range of products. So she has everything from, you know, single serve coffee pouches um, for making hot coffee to single serve cold brew pouches for making cold brew in your refrigerator in your refrigerator overnight. Um, you know, reducing waste and all that stuff by having it actually in a pouch that you can steep overnight in the fridge. But she's also gone into matcha powders, chai powders, uh, RTD drinks with oat milk in them. So now you're talking about a completely different category. Now you're definitely in like a deep CPG category right there. Um, mm-hmm. And so the breadth and depth of the product line is pretty impressive, but you cannot do that unless you have the $14 million budget to start because totally there is like no way no. you could launch that many products across that many states without the $14 million. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's where that comes in, right? It's like, okay, so to backtrack, the reason you and I are talking about this is because we care about the business side of coffee, right? Like right. we support specialty coffee companies and the and the companies that support specialty coffee to be more profitable. And totally. so we want to look at it through that lens of like, of not like, does this taste good? But the lens of like, what are these decisions and break that down of like, what's going on here? And like, look at the ingredients to this, this cake that, you know, Emma Chamberlain and her investors have made. And, and I think that like, this is a, a fun opportunity for us to discuss like, what does investment do? What does capital do? And you, you raise capital like that so that you can flood the market. But then when you flood the market, those investors are saying, okay, this one didn't work. We want to see more return on that one. You know, they are right. breaking that shit down right. and they, they need to, to hear about results. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to hear like kind of your breakdown of like, I don't know if we want to talk about product stuff first or if we want to talk about sales stuff first, but I'm really interested to kind of dig into yeah. these different elements. Totally. And I think you're right. That's The return to the investors is a huge uh, conversation to have. And when you launch that many products at once, um, everybody's looking at the top line of how much you're bringing in in general. But to your point, you know, like, what is each product bringing in as well? Um, I think it's interesting to note too that, you know, there the Chamberlain Coffee is going after the whole Chamberlain Coffee team is going after the omni-channel strategy. So they've got internet, they've got a lot of grocery stores, um, and you know they're really not going into restaurants from what I can tell or cafes. So they don't really have a food service lineup yet. But um, in terms of omni-channel being, you know, there she's on Amazon, she's on Target.com, they're on. Walmart, you know, and then they're also in retailers. They're in 7,000 retailers nationwide, which, you know, no one else can really say that outside of Starbucks and Pete's and maybe, maybe not even Caribou. (laughs) Right. So they're in, they're in Walmart, Target, Whole Foods, 
And then they're also, this is also interesting in like the more boutique natural retailers like Sprouts, Bristol Farms, Erewhon. Usually if something is in Walmart, it's not also in Erewhon, right? And if people don't know what Erewhon is, you should look it up. Are they splitting up? Yeah, if you want like a like a bone broth and collagen smoothie, you go to Erewhon and you spend forty five dollars on it. Um, I'm not even joking. Um, so I don't mean to interrupt, but like, are they selling a different product line at Walmart than they are at Erewhon? Like, are they? Are they? No, I don't know how you say that. Like, is their product mix looking different per, you know, category of of grocer or whatever? Right. And from what I can tell, no, like it's all exactly the same stuff. Oh, interesting. So they've been able to bridge this gap between Emma Chamberlain being this like ultra in Louis Vuitton influencer and getting into Erewhon and also having a C-suite team. You know, I was going to tell you about this, but her entire C-suite team has no specialty coffee experience. A lot of them come from Red Bull. One girl has experience at Carvana. I think like her marketing director, She is a Harvard graduate, which was interesting. But, um, you know, those folks are taking her into Target and Walmart because they have those contacts Mm -hmm. from before. And so I guarantee Mm -hmm. the Target and Walmart buyers, they have no idea who Emma Chamberlain is necessarily on YouTube. But they know the people in her C-suite that, you know, sold them Red Bull before. And they go and tell the story of this you know, 10 million followers on YouTube and they're going to bring this whole next generation into Mm -hmm. the retailer. And so Walmart and Target are like, okay, let's launch this nationally. So she's actually doing something really smart by having a C-suite full of, you know, experienced CPG folks. But I think the kicker that you and I were talking about before in our like pre-show, pre-conversation conversation conversation was um, that no one on her C-suite has any specialty coffee experience. And so so, I think, yeah. So why does that matter? Well, having sold specialty coffee in a number of, you know, for a number of years, uh, if you don't know the velocities of coffee, you're going to way overshoot them. So Mm -hmm. example, if you are applying velocities as in like how many times that product is selling on off of shelf in that one spot, that's the velocity of the product. If you're applying Red Bull Velocity to a cold brew sachet packet <laughs> that's mm-hmm. $15, $19, $20, whatever it is, you are not going to have the same velocities. And you probably went and told your investors that you mm-hmm. were going to have these crazy velocities and then it lands on shelf and it moves a third of what you expected. So let's say yes. like... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, so let's say like Red Bull velocities are, I don't know, 20, let's say maybe 30 units per store per week for one slot on shelf, right? If you're talking about Emma Chamberlain coffee, maybe like, let's just talk about the 12 ounce ground coffee bag, which may be like their highest seller for brewed coffee. That's Mm going to sell maximum. I guarantee you seven units per store per week. So that gap of what you forecasted is huge. And so now you're looking at your investors, $14 million, 
you've got an annual revenue of between five and $10 million. You've got products moving very slowly off of 7,000 shelves for retailers. Now you're running up against freshness issues. You're running up against investors who are wondering if your product's going to perform. And if I may just go out on a limb and make a prediction here pretty soon, I think she's going to scale way back on the products that are available Mm -hmm. at retailers because she's going to realize I have to focus on the top three to four SKUs because I can't afford to pay for shelf space for all the rest of these SKUs. It's just not going to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So sorry, I totally went off on like a... (laughs) I went off the this rails on that because I'm super passionate about it. This, but <laughs> This is what we're doing here. This is exactly what we're doing here. And my brain is just like, because this is not how I think. Like, like you yeah. say all of this and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But I don't have that same experience. And so hearing you say it, I was, I'm just like, yeah, they're go- yeah. like, absolutely. And, and then I start thinking about, this is why she's crying. This is why there's stress is because there's that pressure, right? Of like, I know I have fans. I know that this is going to translate. I know that there's a generation of people who want to buy this product and are interested in coffee, especially this kind of coffee. I believe in this product. Yeah. yeah, And then there's that $14 million plus, you know, Plus that needs to go back to investors and, um, and you, and you just have to show that performance and they're not, Mm -hmm. people aren't patient, you know, investors aren't, aren't patient. I mean, even if you have like really values aligned investors, they still like, this is how they make their, their money. Right. So, um, so I, it just feels like a pressure cooker. Yeah. People panic. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly the pressure cooker, the panic. Like that's when people you start seeing people not behaving at their peak performance is when they're not mm-hmm. meeting their, you know, prior, their prior um, hopes and dreams of what was going to happen. You start making yeah. decisions based on like fear, anxiety, all that stuff. So you yeah. start like living in this constrained mindset and that's when you start crying over. Yeah. But one thing that she did say on that podcast that I thought was really interesting was she's, um, it could go away. It could all go away tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I think you were mm-hmm. saying that she mentioned that she hasn't taken a salary, that she just has continued to put money into it. And it's mm-hmm. still, you know, the, the estimated annual revenue that I saw online was between five and $10 million, which I promise you is a not enough revenue to pay for a full C-suite of Red Bull X's and 7,000 retailers nationwide and all the promos yeah. that need to be done. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and I can only imagine like, okay, so my favorite podcast of all time is the ritual podcast. I love him so much. And he had on Mm -hmm. one of the founders of uh, Pixar and he was talking about how, when, um, you lose faith in a director. Oh yeah everything falls apart. If you can't have complete and utter faith in, in, in the creator or director, then you have to change, you have to change. And they had to, what film was it? I can't remember which film it was that they had to switch directors because he just couldn't Uh, figure it out. He couldn't figure out the film. And interesting. And it, and when you're talking about the, um, the CEO, this Red Bull CEO, right? Like, 
how, what, what does he think? Does yeah. he still have faith in the director? Does he still <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, because if you don't come eyes wide open about coffee and the realities of coffee, right? maybe the velocity is low, but so are the margins. So you need volume and, you know, like all of that. So oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm just Girl, super know curious those- what state he's in right now. You, you know, those margins are razor thin. You know, those margins, mar- yeah. like, yeah. we know that the velocities probably aren't what they expect. The margins on top of it are razor thin. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, and maybe, yeah. maybe the CEO is the director that's, that faith is being lost in because usually it's that's the true. sales team or CEO that's, you know, doing those forecasting or the CFO doing that forecasting that's leading investors down a path of believing that you're going to get returns in X amount of time, et cetera. Um, But I kind of want to change the tone because I love the way you're thinking about this too, because I was seeing it from my sales angle and you saw this whole, this whole thing from your product angle. And I think that's really what the inspiration was for having this conversation is you opened my eyes to this concept of like creator led products. Can you talk more about that? Because I find this very fascinating. Yes. So I'm going to back up. And I lived in LA at the time when Chamberlain Coffee first launched, when it was just direct to consumer, like via e-commerce. And I remember mentioning it to my then boss saying something about like Chamberlain Coffee. And he said, oh, that's not a coffee company. It's just a brand. Okay. And I was like, (laughs) Huh. Okay. They're they're selling coffee. So <laughs> so fast forward, I don't know, that was in t- probably like that was probably in like 2018, 20 I must it must have been 2019 because it said that isn't no, she launched in 2020. It either way, it was around that time where right. like I started seeing okay, people need you need an audience to grow right yeah. like you need an audience to sell and i'm so fascinated by this idea of like take the audience you have if you have one like emma chamberlain obviously had one and and she talks about this in the interview of like she did the obvious thing she started a coffee company not because she knows anything about coffee but because she drinks coffee she's known for coffee she has an audience to sell to and i love how yeah, it just is like, you you just do the next right thing for all the right reasons, right? It's like, oh, I have yeah. this thing that I can create because I have these people in front of me. It's following what works. And, and I think that there's so much power in that because especially someone like her who is, I would say like a YouTuber is like medium close to their audience. I think someone, because they're not like having as far as, okay, this is from a 41-year-old's perspective, so take it all with, like, a Maldon flake of salt. But, like, I think that, you know, she's probably not having, like, conversations with her audience. Okay. Like a coffee company can have a, they can walk out into their cafe from their roastery if they have both uh, and and go and say, hey, you, and talk to their customer. So you have this totally. audience that's built in that you can like 
feed products to. That's brilliant. And if you're finding a way, it's real-time feedback. And especially if you're like a creator like she is, she knows what the audience loves because it's her. Uh It's Uh like her Levi's California dropper. It's her vibe. It's her, it's her everything, right? It's the food she's making. It's the hairstyle she has at the moment. It's like all of that. And so she can trust that her audience is going to pick up on it. And if they don't, she, you know, she'll have the data to see like, okay, hazelnut's not a thing, but vanilla is a thing. And because she comes from outside of coffee, there's no rules. And I love that. Like she has no freaking qualms about putting a flavoring in her coffee and having it pre-ground and having it be cute and having it be whatever. Whereas some, you know, coffee bro is like, that's not a coffee company. It's like, yeah, it freaking (laughs) is. It's a 20-year-old's coffee company who's selling to other 20-year-olds and it's going to crush you. And that's why you're scared, you know? (laughs) And, And so this idea that like we can have an audience that we are engaging with and build products for, I think is a... Right is a shift I would like to see in coffee businesses because instead what we tend to do is we say, we're the experts. We will teach you what to like. And it's like, instead of, Hey, what do you like? I would love to make you a meal that you're going to love. Tell me what you like. You hate mushrooms. Cool. No mushrooms. Well, you don't, you know, like let's have that conversation and then build products accordingly. And, and, and if you look at like the big dogs, like I'm not even talking coffee. I'm talking like Procter and Gamble. Yeah. That's how they build products is they will go into your house and be like, how do you clean your house? Let me, can Mm -hmm. I watch you clean your house? And they take notes and they read between the lines and they develop products based on those findings. And then they test them and they say, oh, that thing didn't work right. And then they test it again. You know, it's like this process of, giving. And maybe that's really cheesy to think about it that way, but I think we have to, in order to have products that resonate for people. And no, it's so fascinating, Miranda. That's, that's exactly right. Yeah. And it's, and like, and I don't want to hear this excuse, not that anyone has given it to me. So this is like (laughs) me being defensive, but like, I don't want to hear this excuse, like coffee is coffee is coffee. Well, then how come she has, Chamberlain has all these flavors and she has a cold brew sachet and she has RTD and she, you know, like there's so much you can do matcha. There's so much you can do in this space. And so like, let's, let's have like the dinner party of our audience's dreams, you know? I love that. No, I think that's great. And there's, there's an element to it as well. I love what you're talking about where like she's not constrained by the idea of like this is or is not specialty coffee. She's more like yeah. this is tastes good or this doesn't taste good and I think yeah. this is cool or this isn't cool, right? Does this taste good in a giant jar with a shit ton of ice from my refrigerator? Like, you know, like does this work for my life? And and yeah. If I'm honest, that's how I drink coffee now. Like mm a 41-year-old connoisseur of coffee, like that is how I drink coffee. Does it work for my life today? Right. You know? Totally. 
And yeah. so if I, like, we need to be a little bit more honest about that. And, the, and so I am not surprised she got that investment because investors uh-huh. can see that they can see, holy shit, you have an audience. Like they, they understand all of that. Totally. Whereas I yeah. think in coffee, we're a little late to kind of like get, get to that sense of like what's possible from a, from an audience and product development perspective. Well, we talk to ourselves a lot, you know, to your point, yeah. like we talk yeah. to ourselves a lot and we say like, this is what we like as a coffee industry instead mm-hmm. of like, this is what humans like to buy. This mm-hmm. is what will, you know, the ultimate goal is like, you're asking someone to part with their money that they've worked really hard on. Right. Mm-hmm. So you should probably figure out like, you should buy this because I like it. And because it has a special origin story is not enough for most people to part with their hard earned money. You should buy this because it tastes good and it feels good to you. And, you know, it's going to be convenient to your lifestyle. That's mm-hmm. a little bit better, like, story for your consumer. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, I think that my big takeaway here, or I guess it's more of less of a takeaway and more of a question mark, is, you know, the folks that are shopping at Bristol Farms, Target, Walmart, et cetera, She's got an audience, I guess, here's where I'm thinking. She's got an audience of, you know, Gen Zers. Is that what they are? Yeah, Gen Zers. And mm-hmm. what's the next one? Alphas, something like that. And Alphas those are the younger. people. Right. Yeah. Those are the people who actually know who she is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my mom doesn't know who Emma Chamberlain is. And when she sees Chamberlain coffee on the shelf for 20 bucks or whatever, she doesn't care who that is. Right. right. <laughs> like, and so my, the question mark I still have is, can you, is your audience really shopping in these locations and mm-hmm. are they willing to spend this quantity, this dollar amount of money? Do they have this dollar amount of money because they may have student loans or whatever, mm-hmm. um, to go buy this cold brew sachet? Maybe, I don't know, but I can tell you that the average general consumer, you know, the, whatever it is, in the grocery store, females ages 25 to, you know, 50 or whatever that demographic is, I would guess a lot of them don't know who Chamberlain Coffee, who Emma Chamberlain is. And so Chamberlain Coffee Mm -hmm. starts to sort of like camouflage itself into the shelf of other specialty coffee. So that's the question mark I have. Is the consumer in that retailer and willing to spend that money to make it successful? (laughs) I mean, I honestly think though, the beauty of this company in particular and these products in particular is that they transcend her audience and that demographic. So we know that like what we know is that like the target mom, right? The mom that like that's her outing for the day is to take her kids to target. She also likes vanilla flavored coffee. You, totally you know fair. what I mean? And so like yeah. in this example, I think there's a lot of potential. And I think that that's what's exciting about it and about this brand mm-hmm. in general is that there is a lot of potential because of that, because of like the wide appeal of the crossover. And it's a market that our industry of specialty coffee is not doing a great job of reaching. And, yeah, interesting. and so in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there, there's a great opportunity for her, but to your point, it's just a little bloated right now. Uh huh. You, you know, mean the grocery 
and like the the, the business. I think the business right. is bloated. They're probably they're, like you. I think you even mentioned that their you know their sal their salaries their people cost is probably too high. Their their forecasts are too high. Like everything's too high. Their investment may have yeah. been too high. But yeah. one one thing that I think smaller companies can take away from this though is that you do need to spend money to make money. Right. To your point, they couldn't have made all of these products and learned all that they're learning from these products because they are getting feedback, what's working and what's not, without spending that money, without getting that investment. So I think that there's there are some really good takeaway lessons from this, even on a smaller scale and like in a different type of market. I Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you know, I really wish her and Emma and the Chamberlain coffee brand all the best. And if I were to make a prediction, I don't know if we're at the predictions point in this conversation yeah, sure, or if let's I've do it. done that, but I would say, you know, she needs to get some folks on her C-suite that have specialty coffee experience specifically. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. she's going to be in the coffee industry, she needs to hire people from coffee, mm -hmm. right? To make this thing work. Someone I think she probably someone it can anyone. be a token person. Yeah. Someone Literally. who has a voice but at the table. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You and I were going the exact same place. Like give them a voice at the table because they can help you avoid those pitfalls of over forecasting or, you know, getting yourself upside down in retailer spaces, etc. The other prediction I would make is that we may see her pull back a lot of those products off the yeah, grocery shelves for sure only make them available online they're yeah. only an online ship too and um you know not available in retail locations because those spots are expensive and i think they'll, one they'll scale down yeah. too i don't even think that they'll be on the internet on the internet like i think that the yeah. cost of producing all of that it's and the few Shipping sales that they'll have yeah i think it'll just they'll tighten up their product mix for sure Agreed. We haven't even gotten into the oat milk RTD that she's doing because that is such an expensive value proposition right there. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's for another conversation. You know, the last thing I was thinking about was, um, I think, you know, I hope that she can crush this because mm -hmm. I want to see more people join the conversation about specialty coffee. You know, I really do. And bringing the next generation into the conversation about what tastes good or what products, ways to brew coffee. You know, she's really exposing people and the next generation specifically to other ways to brew coffee and other ways to enjoy coffee. Whereas like, you know, when we were younger, it was like we were learning about ways to brew coffee, you know, that cold brew didn't even exist is my point. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it, it did, but it was like a whole different thing. We called it toddy. And it was in a bulk format, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you know. And so I'm glad that she's bringing this next generation along and you know changing the conversation. Absolutely, and I think I have a lot of hope for her because of I'm just like astounded by how self aware she is, <laughs> and like the you know I mean she seems to have a great relationship with her parents and. And I, like, there was a quote she said, she was talking about whether or not she wants to be an actor and mm. in this, in this interview. And she, she was kind of going back and forth about it. And then she was like, as I'm growing up and then dot, 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 like, 
the way she's thinking about being an actor. And I'm like, dude, she is aware that she's not grown yet, that she is growing up, that things are changing. Like just the fact that she can say that out loud and not have any pretense of like, I know what the hell I'm doing. You know, it was like people like that, I think will always be successful. Even if what successful means for her is closing the company. Totally. Like that might be the best thing for her. But I like the thing that gives me faith is like, this thing will either work well for her or she'll stop it, you know? And I think that that takes, (laughs) right, right. Sorry. Well, there's that too. (laughs) JDE will buy it. Um, uh, No, but like, you know, I trust that she'll do what's right for her, which is exciting because I think a lot of business owners, not that she's like the owner of the business, but like, I think a lot of business owners could take that cue of like, oh, "Oh, maybe it's time to retire. Maybe it's time to think about what my next phase is or what my next Uh step is, because this isn't bringing me joy. And therefore it's probably not bringing anyone else joy anymore either. So I think no matter what happens, I think that there will be a happy ending here, but I do hope that um, I love seeing the product innovation and I hope yeah. that that continues from them, not just as like an investor feed, like feeding the investors, but as a true, like we are giving the audience what they want. Yeah. So those are my that. hopes, not my predictions necessarily. <laughs> I just, you know, I'll just be rooting, well, rooting for them. Rooting for her wholeheartedly. And I think Mm -hmm. the whole reason we wanted to have this conversation was sort of in response to the Spredge article, which was great, by the way, because, you know, I'm so glad they're covering um, Chamberlain Coffee and things like that. But I I think, you know, what inspired us to even have this conversation was the fact that she acknowledged that this is a hard business, Mm -hmm. right? And she acknowledged that it was a passion project that she started that she's learning so much from and that she is really working to understand and she's enjoying the ride right now, but very, very aware that she doesn't have it all figured out. And Mm so I applaud her for that sort of honesty. And I think that's how she did rise to fame. And I think it's really, it could resonate deeply with a lot of other coffee brand, coffee company owners, or even just take away as validation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, take some validation from somebody who's doing it right now. Like it is a hard business. And I think she, you know, Emma's, Emma Chamberlain is good at being genuine and mm-hmm. real and saying it like it is. And so I think it was really inspiring to me that she was just like, yeah, this is hard. And Absolutely. And you brought up a point that I wanted to make that I forgot about, which is that Another thing that I that I love about how she's working in this business is that she's letting people who know what they're doing do it. Yes. You know, totally. like she's understanding her place in the business. And I think that that's mm-hmm. challenging for some of us, especially if we don't have a bunch of money. And so we're like, I got to do everything. Um, right. But she's leaning on people who are experts, leaning on people who do know. And yes, maybe they need to bring in a specialty coffee person, but like... You know, I think that that is a really strong way to work in your own business. Yeah. I have a friend who owns a a coffee company and he's owned it for, it's been 30 years now. And he 
does great. And one of the things he's just really good at is fixing equipment. So he's like one of the techs. He owns the business and it's like a good size business, you know, but he just lets other people do the thing that they do and he hires well and has good, you know. And so Mm -hmm. I was really um, inspired by that of like, yeah, yeah, girl, just add what you have to add, add what is your most powerful direction, your most powerful impact, and then let people add theirs. Yeah. Yeah. Solid point. Well, this was fun. I'm glad we had this conversation. Me too. (laughs) I'm really excited to hear if anybody wants us to have any more of these conversations. Yeah. I'd be interested. Or if you just want us to go away. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, We're not going away. We're not. Newsflash. But um, yeah, I'm curious to hear, like, I want feedback. Speaking of audience mm-hmm. feedback, I want to know what people think of this and is this helpful um, to do like a business breakdown because I think it's fun for us, but also hopefully um, gets people thinking about the business side of coffee a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. Cool. Write us and tell us. Also, if you do listen to this and you have tried Chamberlain Coffee, please do write us and tell us what you thought about it. We'd yeah. love to hear your feedback or yeah. even if you haven't had Chamberlain coffee, just weigh in. Um, and yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to hear. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> Bye, Miranda. <laughs>